So depression seems to be on the rise here in the United States and also at a global level. The last stats that I could find says that in 2022, one in 10 Americans suffer from depression. And this number has gone up throughout the year, starting at about 2009, where it first started spiking, which actually kind of matches the time that social media was starting to become a thing and people, you know, started suffering from the comparison effect. Of course, the depression among teens and children also is on the rise at an alarming rate. And we can but wonder what is going on. And of course, we have to also consider the fact that as depression goes up and mental health goes down, there's a lot of self-help books out there, a lot of psychology, psychiatrists, a lot of uh, advertised help for those that need it. But of course, people are reading these books, they're going to the psychologists, they're going to the psychiatrists, but the stats doesn't seem to be improving. So I personally think that the problem is in the title of the books themselves, self-help books. Could it be that the self myself can help me? Could it be that a person can help self-help themselves? Well, that's a question to ask. And let's talk about this. And of course, let's open the Bible in today's episode of Upside Down Talks with Never Far Enough. Anxiety, depression, and loneliness are actually a thing nowadays, and it's something that is very important for us as humans to pay attention to, you know, people that surround us suffering from these things. And of course, we as individuals are accountable to ourselves to pay attention to when we are perhaps not feeling as well or we're feeling depressed, especially since the pandemic the depression level has skyrocketed with people losing their jobs, the economy being bad, the politic arena being a little bit turbulent. You know, there's a lot of things that create anxiety and depression and, and make us feel alone. And it's actually ironic because in the world that we live today, where you can basically do everything from your phone, you can uh, talk to anyone in the world, you can read to, about any topic at all, you can order anything online and have it delivered right to your front door. In a world that appears to be so connected, we are the most disconnected we've ever been as a society. And this creates a lot of gaps in the mind and in the health state of people, especially in our young teens and children. And it is a problem. It is a problem. And beyond being a problem, there's another problem. And the problem is that these people, the, the people that do recognize that they need help, they're going to psychologists, they're going to psychiatrists, they're going to, you know, read self-help books. But there seems to be an impediment. There seems to be a barrier from reaching out for help and actually feeling better. The, for the majority of the people, at the end of the day, even though they're doing these things and reaching out to these experts in their fields for help, it doesn't seem to be fully, you know, meeting the person's, uh, you know, it doesn't fulfill the person's. It's as simple as that. And I think that the reason is, I strongly believe um, that the reason is because it's just that without God, 
life has no purpose. And when you're looking for help in anything other than in God, at the end of the day, we're just people wandering. I love it how the atheist Bertrand Russell put it. And he said, unless you assume a God, the question of life purpose is meaningless. And without a purpose, I mean, we were being created for a purpose. We want to feel like we, at the end of the day, that we're doing something that adds value, not only to ourselves but to those that surround us. And that value, that purpose can be found in God and in God only. Beyond that, anything that we do on this planet um, that doesn't, you know, meet an end towards God's purpose is just something we're doing. And one day we'll die and just vanish from the face of the earth. And that will be it. So where's the meaning in that? And that creates a void in our minds and in turn cause depression and loneliness, anxiety and so on. So I have a person that very close and dear to me. And this person was recently interned at a psychiatric hospital. And while in the psychiatric hospital, this person had the regular sessions with the doctors to talk about their problems and vent out, uh, you know, what, what was bothering this person. And, you know, after those sessions, the person also got a lot of drugs, pills. And at the end of the, you know, internship in the in this hospital, the person was sent out home with a lot more drugs and pills. And if you read through the effects of the pills and whatnot, they are drugs meant to numb you and make you, you know, feel less, make you not be able to think quite right, make you drowsy, make you sleepy. So the message here is, you know, the message that I get from, from this and from the experience of this person close to me is that at the end of the day, the thing that we humans can do for other humans is try to make them numb to the things that are happening around the person and just go to sleep. When you sleep, you don't think too much and then, you know, nobody gets depressed sleeping. So obviously there's something wrong here. Obviously there's a problem. We're not, we're not actually helping the person find the goals, what fulfills them, what can get them out of their problems. We're just numbing the person to the problem. And that, of course, doesn't solve the problem. So what does solve the problem? As I've stated, I strongly believe, and I have lived this on my personal life. I have seen them in the life of those that surround me. Only God can fill the void. Only God can take away anxiety, depression, and loneliness because he is God. He created us and he created us for a purpose that is right in the Bible. I love it. There's a few verses that I want to read here with you in the Bible. And the first one is in Isaiah 41, verse 10. And it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And this is the important part. He will help us. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So clearly we see here that God is not only, you know, just there to be God. He's there to help us. There's another verse here in Psalms 27. David says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. So here we see, you know, there's nothing closer to the love of God than that of a mother, um, of a parent. 
And here he's saying, you know, even if those that are supposed to love me the most forget, like forsake me or they don't want anything to do with me, even so, God will will love me. One of my favorite here verses in the Bible is in Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. And it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I love this verse for several reasons. The first one is Jesus doesn't only says, hey, I love you. And they didn't only came to to die for us in place of us. But Jesus did something even more bold. And that was he lived the life that we're living. He lived in this planet. He was subject to our temptations. He was subject to our struggles. He was subject to our feelings. And he himself in the in the in the Gethsemane, he felt alone. He felt separated from God. He suffered depression at that point, right before his death. The Bible says that he sweated droplets of blood. He was so depressed, so anxious, separated from God, that that in that moment he just felt alone. And his disciples ran away. Uh, they left him alone. He felt separated from his father. He was you know, in severe distress. And what got Jesus through that was the fact that he trusted the Father. And all the way up to the cross, at the end, at the last, you know, breath, you know, Father, in your hands I commend my spirit. Even through the the only thing that kept Jesus going through that horrible, hard time was trusting that God, even though he could not see him, hear him or feel him, that God the Father was with him. And of course, we know the beautiful end of that story is that Jesus triumphed and he was able to, you know, pay the price that we were supposed and he will come again as king of kings. And that king of kings that that felt what we felt and lived what we lived and, you know, was bound to the things that we are bound to, he also says, I will help you. So he not only can help, but he understands our struggles. So it makes him even more qualified to help us because he walked in our shoes. And I love all these verses from the Bible. I think, you know, Jesus is, of course, amazing. David says also in Psalms 121, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is verse two. So you can see over and over and over verses of the Bible where it says that God helps us, God fills us, God gives us purpose. Another one here, 2 Timothy 4, verses 16 to 18. At first, my defense, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me, may not be charged against them. And this is Paul uh, speaking about one of his trials. And he's saying here, hey, all my friends left me alone. And then he keeps saying, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
So once again, Paul was here alone, felt alone by his friends, but God was right there with him. One of the things that amazed me the most about historical records of the martyrs, of people that were killed in the name, you know, for their beliefs in God, is that the records show that all of these people, I mean, we're talking people that were put up to be eaten up by lions in the Roman Colosseum, people that were literally dismembered, people that were heavily, heavily tortured. And the records show that these people, even though they were in these huge struggles in life and huge tortures, and, you know, they were dying horrible ways. Some of them were burned alive at the stake. They, the records show that these people sang and pray and praised Jesus. Actually, there's a record of Tiffin um, in the Bible. He was being stoned to his death. And even people stoning him, he was singing and praising and praying the Lord. So obviously... And in my mind, you know, if you've ever burned yourself, you know, that hurts a lot. Imagine being burnt alive, for instance. And the fact that you are singing and praising God while you're being burned actually says something about what's going on in that person's mind at that moment. And of course, I do think, strongly believe that God helped them in such a way that he might even have numbed them to the actual pain of what was going on. Because God will never, never forsake us. And he will help us all the time. It's all, all over the Bible, all over historical records. So my friend, the message here is this. If you're suffering from depression, if you're suffering from anxiety, from loneliness, there is some help that, that people can offer. There is some help that you can obtain from self-help books. But at the end of the day, if you truly want to leave all these feelings aside, all these, you know, bad mental health conditions, you need to come to God because he created you. He designed you. And he, of course, once was best for you. Again, it's all over the Bible. He came to save you, to help you and to eventually be able to spend eternity with you. That's how much he loves you. So if, if you're struggling, go to him. I ask you to go to your knees, open the Bible, read the Bible. The Bible is God's way of talking to us. And of course, if when we read the Bible, we, we learn more about God. And as we learn more about God and understand his love and his ways of operating, the better it will be for us to understand how can he help us and the things that he does for us that sometimes go inadvertent and we don't recognize or acknowledge. So please, my friend, I, I ask you, um, come to Jesus. Even if you're not depressed or feeling lonely or, or anxious, just come to God. Um, tell him about your problems. Tell him about your day. Make him part of your daily routine. Just as you speak to a friend, to a father, to a, to a family member. There's records in the Bible about Moses literally fighting with God um, when he was praying. Moses lost it many times while he was leading the people of Israel. He, he lost patience. He was upset. And he will express that upsetness with God just as if he would have been expressing anger to a friend. 
And that's because Moses considered God a friend. And that's 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 the beauty of it. And in the Bible says, um, actually in the book Patriarchs and Prophets um, by Ellen White, we read that when Moses died, God actually missed him. So no, God is not gonna get upset at you because you're frustrated and trying to express him or share with him your angers. He wants that. And he wants that relationship, that intimacy, that closeness, that you trust him and he will be there for you. So if you are struggling, come to Jesus. If you're not struggling, come to Jesus. I guarantee you that your mental health and the way that you operate and the way that you treat those that surround you will change dramatically, 180 degrees when you come to him.